Praise the Lord. How beautiful it is to come together on Good Friday to worship the Lord and give thanks to our King. Amen. And we're so thankful for all of you that have come today and all of you that are watching online and those of you who will be watching later in the day or perhaps even later in the week. We're so thankful for Pastor Tom and Michelle. They did a wonderful job, did they not? Amen. So greetings, everybody. Praise the Lord. You may want to greet one another and uh, just say hi. And you may be seated. Praise the Lord. We also also want to welcome any uh, first-time guests that we have today, either watching online or, or here in the sanctuary. We do have something called a connection card in the seat pocket right in front of you. If you wouldn't mind taking a few moments and filling that out. Well, someone will be out in the foyer after the service to greet you and get you some information. We're delighted to have everybody with us today. That's right. Welcome. Welcome. So things are heating up here for Easter coming up on Sunday, right? Yes. And uh, we still have some invites. Um, Invite a friend. Invite a co-worker. Um, you know, invite anybody that you feel led to invite to service on Sunday morning. Starts at 10 a.m. Yes. It's going to be a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I know Brenda and I have passed out several. You've passed out some, haven't you, huh? I have. It's amazing how open, really, people are when you just ask them if you've heard the good news. Or I've just approached some people on what are you doing on Easter and it's just been pretty easy. And, you know, we, they may not all come to church on Easter, but God honors our act of sowing seed. And we believe all of those seeds are going to produce fruit. some point, they're going to receive Jesus and come That's to right. church. So I want to encourage all of you to be praying for the service Sunday morning. Uh, pray that the, the, the Lord will be magnified and this whole room will be filled with his presence. Amen. And people will be drawn to him. Yes. You know, the Bible says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Well, today we're excited about Good Friday and we're going to title this message, What's So Good About Good Friday? Well, today is when all Christians all around the world remember the ultimate sacrifice Jesus paid for our salvation. And so we want to look at what happened on the cross when he laid down his life for us. I love this quote by Max Lucado, and he said, The cross rests on the timeline of history like a compelling diamond. History has iodized and despised it, gold-plated it and burned it, worn it and trashed it. History has done everything but ignore it. Never has timber been regarded so sacred. Amen. I'm wearing my little cross today. A lady that's in heaven gave this to me many years ago. And you notice even on television now, a lot of athletes, different ones are wearing the cross. You and I know the true meaning of what happened at the cross. It's a place where Jesus willingly laid down his life for us. The Bible tells us that he could have called 10,000 angels. Instead, he chose to stay on that cross and to die alone for you and me. It was not nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for us. Someone said, ask how much Jesus loved us. 
And I love this illustration. I saw it when I was a kid many times. How much does Jesus love us? And we were taught in Sunday school to do this. I don't want to slap you in the face. He stretched. <laughs> this is how much Jesus loved us. It's a he love slap, right? <laughs> yeah. Pat. He stretched out his hands and literally died. That's the symbol of his love. And the Bible tells us in John 15, 13, greater love hath Amen. no man than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. That's what he did. He sowed his life as a seed, and he expected an abundant return. You and me and millions, if not billions of people right. around the world have received Jesus, have received mm -hmm. his love sacrifice. We're the return on him sowing his life for us. Amen. You know, I heard a statistic, and this was a few years back, that there's over 2.8 billion wow. people wow. that have received Jesus Christ Wonderful. as their Lord. Wonderful. Now we've got some billions to go, right? Yes. And that's why we want to get this message out. We want to shout it from the housetops that Jesus died, was crucified, buried, and rose again. Amen. Well, Good Friday is good because without the crucifixion, there would be no resurrection. That's right. And without the resurrection, there would be no Christianity. Right. You see, without this day, there would be no third day. Yeah. There can only be the joy of Easter Sunday with the sorrow of Good Friday. Mm -hmm. And so the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the very foundation of our faith. Yes. To a Christian, it is the most significant day in history. Yes. It is the day that Jesus rose from the dead, gave his life, having conquered death, hell, and the grave. Without his death... As I said, there could be no resurrection from Amen. the dead, Amen. which is why Good Friday is so important. Yeah. You know, Jesus talked a lot about his death yes. and his resurrection through the Gospels. As you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see that he spoke of his death several times. We want to reference just a couple of them today. Yes. In uh, Matthew 16, Verse 21, and it's okay if y'all say amen. It's all good. <laughs> In Matthew 16, 21 of the New King James, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem yes. and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised the third day. And then in Matthew 17, 22 and 23, he said... Now, while they were staying in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And the third day he will be raised up. And there they were exceedingly sorrowful. So we know that, you know, Jesus on Sunday, on Palm Sunday, as we taught on that, mm -hmm. that he set his face toward Jerusalem. He knew that his time had come. We know that in the Garden of Gethsemane, he unbended knee, even with sweats, drops of blood. Yes. He was under such great pressure. Mm -hmm. And he prayed to the Father. He said, Father, if thou art willing, let this cup pass from me. And the cup he was referring to was the cup of judgment, yes. 
the cup of the sins of the entire world, past, present, and future, were to be laid upon him. And so he knew his reason why he came. The scripture says that he came to give us life. He came to undo. He came to dissolve. He came to do in, if you will, the works of the devil. He literally knew that he was born to die. And he referred to his death. He referred to his resurrection many, many times. And why is that? Well, it's simple. He knew that his mission was not to be a martyr, but to be our Messiah. The one who would lead us back into our personal relationship with God as our living Savior. And I was going to sing a song, but I thought I wouldn't (laughs) sing it. But I remember this. You you would like me to sing that? Well, keep keep your faith out there, girl. (laughs) It's an oldie but goodie, and it's not an oldie like the Supremes or something. It's an oldie gospel song. Yeah. Or Tina Turner, what's yeah, love I know. He, got to do with he it? He knows all of all those. Right. I, I hear them a lot. A lot of good love songs. But it's an old song by Bill Gaither, and he said, God sent his son. They call yeah. him Jesus. Yeah. He came to love, to heal and forgive. He lived and died to buy oh, my pardon. Yes. And an empty grave is there to prove our Savior lives. Because he lives, we can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living just because he lives. Glory to God. That's the gospel message. (laughs) It is. Jesus died, but now, of course, he is alive. He is alive. And, you know, I saw this pastor had some really good notes. I copied and pasted some from him. And I saw this statement. I love this. He, when he died, you had in your notes, he did not die Didn't alone. Didn't die alone, no. He took our sins, our sorrows, our pains to the cross and then to the grave. They all died with him. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. That's good news. Our past is gone and should be forgotten. Yes, that's when right. When we receive Jesus, we need to be reminded today when we see that picture of him on the cross that our past is washed away by his precious blood. That is called the great exchange. The resurrection displayed God's power, but at the cross, it's God's love on display for the astonished eyes of both earth and heaven and even in hell to see. Jesus' death and resurrection represents God's victorious checkmate of Satan in a cosmic chess match that had been thousands of years in the place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, I know you won't remember this date, but you might remember a little bit of the history. Way back in 1867, an all-night session of negotiations took place. It was between the United States and Russia. And it resulted in a bleary-eyed 4 a.m. treaty signing. The Russians have agreed, and the Russians agreed to sell all 586,412 square miles of the territory of Alaska to the United States 
for the price of just $7.2 million. Wow. In other words, we got such a deal, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we got one of the largest, most beautiful and resource rich mm. pieces on planet Earth for two cents an acre. Wow. I'd like to get that in California. How about you? <laughs> yeah. And so this is an example of one of the best trades in history, or worst, depending on which side <laughs> of the trade you're standing on. But the most one-sided trade ever translated you, was ratified in blood mm. nearly 2,000 years ago. This lopsided agreement was entered in into not because one of the parties was unknowing or foolish or gullible, but it was unconditional love that drove the generous party to the bargaining table. A love so profound that one day Paul will pray that somehow you and I would be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ which passes our understanding. This covenant was between God and His Son. Perfection with perfection. Mm -hmm. Not God and us. At the cross, we're offered an opportunity to make an extraordinary set of exchanges Let's take a look at some of those, sweetheart. Let's look at the first exchange, not in any particular order, but this one is so powerful. Our sinfulness for his righteousness. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. How many righteous people are in here today? You know, not everybody raised your hand, but if you are born again, you are righteous through his righteousness. That's good. Right in his sight. Right in his sight. We are justified. I heard one minister say, justified means just as if I never sinned. Hallelujah. That's what we have in Jesus. So when we... When we look at the cross, we realize that there was a perfectly righteous man, one whose blood had never been infected Mm. by Adam's contagious, infectious disease of sin and alienation from God. He willingly hung there and made that great exchange for us. Give me your sinfulness, he says, and I'll give you my righteousness. And then in the Bible, in another place, it says, The Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. Peter could look back on that day and pen this wonderful passage in 1 Peter 2, 24, Who his own self. Bear our what? Read that with me. It's on the screen. Who who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. And then John looked back at that day 
And he uttered this beautiful passage in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, out of the New Living Trans- Translation. This is real, real love. love. Yeah. Not that we love God, but As that he, he loved, loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to do what with our sins remember them no to take away our sins glory to god beautiful beautiful man not remember them i like that how you said that because quite frankly he doesn't remember them that's right i think of isaiah 43 25 he says i even i am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for my own sake. That's right. And I will not remember your sins anymore. Amen. And then, of course, Psalms, I think it's 103 somewhere. He says, as far as the east is, is from, from the, the west, west, so far has it removed our transgressions from us. Amen. So we can gloriously celebrate our right standing with God. And in this right standing, there's no sense of guilt, inferiority, you, or condemnation. Yes. Because there is, therefore, now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I love that. Let's talk about another one, shall we? Yes. The second exchange we want to talk about briefly today is our rejection for his acceptance. Mm. And, of course, that's found in Isaiah, the 53rd chapter, and the third verse, where it says, He's despised and rejected of men. He's a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. And so we see that he was rejected. He was despised so that we wouldn't have to be. That's right. And so rejection often causes deep wounds in people's lives. Oftentimes it starts when, you know, uh, children, kids are very, very young. Uh, they're rejected maybe on the playground. They're rejected by a teacher. And that root of rejection can yeah. go along with that person their whole lifetime. It's true. You know, people spend so much of their lives trying to earn acceptance. Yeah. You know, from their parents, from their peers, from even people that we respect. You see, the drive to be accepted influences people to the degree where they just become obsessed with it. They've got to have the latest clothing, the latest hairdo. (laughs) I have my Easter hair. I don't wear wear Easter hats anymore, so I just do, do Easter hair. Yeah. But one thing for sure, you don't have any rejection on you. (laughs) It's like Keith Moore told her one time she had some colorful clothes on. And what did he say to you? He walked by and then he kept looking at me and he goes, you know, takes a lot of confidence to wear that. (laughs) (laughs) I do me. That's right. Yes, you do. That's right. Where were we in this dissertation? Well, we were talking about... Rejection. But, you know, clothes, yeah. kind of car, house they buy, career, all those things. So people do a lot of wild and crazy things to earn acceptance. Yeah. But the good news in 1 Peter 2.9, it says, we have been chosen by God himself. We are a chosen generation. Amen. So we don't have to earn his acceptance. We just have to accept Jesus' sacrifice. Glory. Amen? Amen. I love that. Amen. And there's some beautiful scriptures, in, particularly in the epistles, but in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off, sometimes I read that 
you who once were far out. There's some people in here that were far out. We won't name names. But anyway, have been brought near by, by the, the blood, blood of God. Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. At Calvary, Jesus took our rejection and he put it upon himself. In exchange, he offers us the complete acceptance by the Father that was uniquely his. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. That rejection was nailed to the cross. You already mentioned it. We are a chosen people. Yeah. We are who he says yes. that we are. We are completely accepted by him. Amen. He suffered that deep rejection so that we could enjoy his acceptance. Amen. It's great, you know, to be accepted even by a person. Uh, when Pastor and I were dating, our relationship had a few little bumps in it. But when we finally settled on the fact, both of us, that, you know, this was God, it's wonderful to enter into that kind of relationship with uh, another person where you know they love you for who you are, they accept you for who you are. And if we can have that in a marriage, how much more do we need to realize that we are accepted and we are beloved? By our Lord Jesus Christ. Even in Ephesians 1, 6, it says that. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We're highly favored. Glory to God so that we can now joy, enjoy this rich fellowship with him without that sense of guilt or condemnation. We're complete. I'm my beloved's, and he is mine. That's right. There you go, May. Go ahead and sing that. His banner over me is love. Remember that one? I'm my beloved's, he is mine. His banner over me is love. Yes, amen. Amen. He loves us. I'm my beloved, and he is mine. His banner over me (laughs) is love. Remember we did this in Sunday school. I'm my beloved and he is mine. His banner over me is love. That's right. Good job. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. (laughs) I knew you weren't supposed to sing today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, we know that the enemy does not want you to feel accepted. That's right. And rejection is quite a big deal. It's, It's something that needs to be resisted. You know, we resist symptoms of sickness and disease by taking the sword of the Spirit, right? And we declare healing scriptures over our bodies. Mm -hmm. Well, this is kind of an emotional area that hits people, this rejection. That's right. The enemy brings those thoughts. He brings these pictures of the past. You need to rise up on the inside of you. You need to take the scriptures that Brenda just shared. No, I'm not the rejected. He, the, the enemy's the rejected one. That's right. He's the one that got tossed out of heaven, right? Yeah. We're not the rejected. We are the accepted in the God. beloved. That's Let's right. Let's say it together real strong. I am accepted. I am accepted. In the beloved. In the beloved. Glory to God. Amen. So the third exchange we want to talk about is his brokenness for our wholeness. Yes. So at the cross, in the place of the great exchange... We can lay down our brokenness and receive his wholeness. We've already looked at this uh, from Isaiah 53. And let's look at verses 3 through 5. And this is the Amplified. It says, surely, I like that. That's positive. Exactly, verse 4. Verse 4. 
Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, distresses, carried our sorrows and pains of punishment, and we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God as with leprosy. But, let's read this together. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities. The chastisement needful to obtain peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So he receives our wounds for our transgressions. He receives bruises for our iniquities. And the stripes on his back were for our physical healing. You know, the Romans flogged Jesus 39 times. There were marks and there were stripes all around his body. And each of those 39 strokes took care of our sickness and disease. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible affirms it. In 1 Peter 2.24, Who his own self bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to righteousness, died to sins, might live for righteousness, yeah. and by his stripes we were healed. Amen. And so it's the same blood on the same day. F.F. Bosworth said it this way. Jesus went to the cross, spirit, soul, and body to redeem mankind, spirit, soul, and body. So those same wounds, the same blood that paid for our spiritual redemption purchased your well-being. His brokenness for your healing. Disease is under the curse. Christ purchased our freedom from the curse, having been made a curse for us. Thank you, Jesus. For it is written, cursed is every one that hangs on a tree. Amen? Amen. So what we bore. What he bore. What he bore. That's right. Thank you for correcting me. I like that. (laughs) Oh, I've got a lot of experience. Yeah. (laughs) So what he bore. We need not bear. Amen. Amen. That's for sure. I think you'll have time to do the next one. Yeah, I think we're doing good. Everybody doing good? Amen. So another exchange that we want to look at is his brokenness for our peace of mind. Yeah. I looked up just one definition of peace that really stood out to me. Peace is freedom from disquieting or oppressive thoughts or emotions. Has anyone ever had their peace disturbed by oppressive thoughts? There's lots of things that can uh, disturb our peace. But in light of what we're talking about right now, I'm talking about thoughts, that tormenting thoughts that come like you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you aren't strong enough emotionally to handle this situation. Does Mm -hmm. this torment of, you know, you're never going to measure up or they don't like you or this or that. But the Bible, you just read it there in Isaiah chapter 53. I love that. Just that one phrase we'll look at. The chastisement, chastisement. needful yeah. to obtain peace. our peace and well-being was upon him. He, he purchased our peace. And I know I was reading Isaiah 53 once and we had someone very close to us that was going through a tormenting time mentally and just looking for scriptures that would affirm that Jesus is our Prince of Peace. 
and that he bore depression. He bore mental torment. And it was like I could just see it in my spirit that when they put those crown of thorns on Jesus' head, and then they didn't just lightly lay them there. They, they pushed them down into his brow to the degree that blood began to stream yeah. down his you, face. Lord. And when I saw this in my spirit, it was like it was such a reality to me that that torment that he experienced when those thorns were pierced into his head represented the mental torment mm -hmm. that you and I face. He, he took everything for us. He took our mental t torment. Can you imagine the thoughts that he had to deal with as he was hanging on the cross? I'm sure he had these thoughts. He even declared one of them. My God, my God, my father, why have you forsaken me? Here he was in the midst of this pain and these tormenting thoughts were coming to him. How long am I going to be tormented? Why are these people rejecting me? Just all these thoughts, but that mental anguish and that emotional torment that he, he took, that's real. And he mm -hmm. took it for us. We know that depression is real. We know emotional torment is just as real as physical pain, but Jesus Amen. took it right. for us that we may yes. have peace, peace, peace. That's right. Wonderful peace. That's good. So there's a lot of broken souls. Yes, you yes, know, yes. You, you'll, you'll see them in your life, on your journey, on your path. There's a lot of people that yes. are broken. Yes. They're broken emotionally. I think one thing that the pandemic did to a lot of the younger generation because people were so locked in and locked away. Yeah. I think it affected their souls and caused brokenness that's to come right. in. No, of course, right. souls are broken uh, through a lot of different things. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes, like you alluded to, uh, depression and different things like that. But wrong choices. I was one who made a lot of wrong choices in my life uh, growing up. I grew up in a, a good Catholic home and made some wrong decisions, got on drugs and went to the nth degree of it and finally ended up in a treatment center in 1974 in a state hospital in Minnesota. I was completely broken emotionally. My soul was gone. I had one foot on the way to hell. But the Lord came along, praise the Lord, and yes. saved my soul. Amen. Amen. He not only saved my spirit, but he took a broken soul and he made it whole again. And, of course, yes. that comes oftentimes through a process yes. of renewing the mind. But I'm so thankful that God heals broken people. Yes. And he heals Amen. broken souls. Yes, he, he can take lives that have been yes. in ashes and yes. he can turn ashes into beauty. He can yes. lift people. You, he is the Thank glory you, and he is the lifter yes, up is. of people's souls. Yes, so for brokenness... We have his wholeness in every area of our life. Thank and another you, area that people are broken in, their hearts are broken in. Yeah. They're bruised. You know, Jesus said in Luke 4, 18, one of the, the major reasons the Holy Spirit was upon him. Yeah. He said, he's anointed me to preach the good news, the gospel yes, to the poor, yes, yes. to announce release to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed, 
are broken down by calamity. He can take a heart that has been wounded. He can take a heart that has been broken. And he can literally make it whole again. And it starts at the new birth. It starts at people calling on the name of the Lord. And when we do that, we shall be saved. And that word saved is an all-inclusive word. It means not only salvation from our sins, but salvation from brokenness, salvation from a lack of joy and a lack of peace. Thank God. This is a great day to celebrate the great exchanges. Hallelujah. He was made sin. He took our rejection. He took that which is broken and makes us whole again. Amen. And that scripture that you just read, I love that. It, it said he announces release to the captive. Yes, he so does. So if anybody is in any kind of bondage, even when you get born again, we're not to be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. So if any kind of bondage of fear or worry or some kind of addiction has tried to attach itself, we can claim this scripture today and say, oh, no, I am set free. Jesus came to release the captives of whom I am set free. Amen. Hallelujah. So we remember his sacrifice today. We remember his sacrifice. Remember his shed blood. Yes. Remember his nail-scarred hands. Yes. Remember his pierced side. Remember the stripes on his back and the crown of thorns on his head. Those crown of thorns on his head made him the king of kings forever and ever and ever. Yes, yes, But yes. he no longer wears a crown of thorns. Today, he wears the, the victor's, victor's crown. crown. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Beautiful song, the victor's crown. At the cross, the work was finished. You were buried in the ground, but the yes. grave could not contain you, for you wear the victor's crown. <laughs> you've overcome, you've overcome. Everyone say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, you've overcome. Every high thing must come down. Every stronghold shall be broken. You wear the victor's crown. You have overcome. You have overcome. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So that's what's so wonderful and good about Good Friday. Glory to God. Praise God. Amen. Well, we're going to receive communion here in a moment, and then we're going to sing some and just continue to, to worship the Lord. Amen. Let's say it together. For the Lord is good. For the Lord is good. And His mercy endures forever. And His mercy endures Your forever. Tender mercy Your tender mercy are hovering over us today. Over us today. We call upon Your holy name. We call upon Your holy name. You are our Messiah. You are our Messiah. You are our Lord. You are our Lord. And our Savior. And our Savior. Would you pray this little prayer with me? Those of you that are watching, perhaps... Some of you even in the auditorium. Let's place our hands over our heart. Let's declare this together. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. That you took my place. Took my place. I acknowledge. I acknowledge. That you lived a sinless. Lived a sinless. Spotless life. Spotless life. And you went to Calvary. You went to Calvary. On my behalf. On my behalf. You died for me. You died for me. You were buried for me. You were buried for me. And you rose from the dead. And you rose from I the believe dead. it with all my heart. I believe it with all my and heart. And I confess that Jesus Christ, I confess that Jesus Christ 
is Lord. Is Lord. You are my Lord. You are my Lord. And you are my Savior. And you are my Savior. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For making me whole. For making me whole. And brand new. And brand new. On the inside. On the inside. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Shall we just let this word that we got today dwell in us richly as Pastor Tom sings a song? And then we'll have some communion together.
let his grace just descend upon you right now and let his holy anointing his holy presence just saturate your very being this afternoon with his goodness with his love thank you lord jesus first corinthians chapter 11 as we prepare to receive communion the apostle paul speaking to the church at Corinth from 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 23 he said for I have received he received this from the Lord, the Lord Jesus himself that which also I delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed he took the bread, let's get the bread ready And when he had given thanks, he broke it. Thank you, Lord. And he said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. We do so, Master, in remembrance of you. We honor you today. Let's partake together. took the cup after supper saying this cup is a new covenant in my blood this do as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me before we drink let's just remember we've heard so much today about the blood without the shedding of blood there is no remission for sin but Jesus shed his precious blood Maybe some of you in here today prayed that prayer for the first time. We'd like to know about it. We'd like to know that you have received his sacrifice. And you're now in the family of God. We thank you, Jesus, for your precious, precious blood. Amen. together. Thank you, Jesus. I love this prayer that the writer of the book of Hebrews prayed over the the people in that day. It's from Hebrews chapter 13, and it's from verse 20. And I really like it out of the Amplified Version. I don't know if we could pull that up on the screen, but that would be just beautiful. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20. 
This is our prayer for you. This is a prayer for all of our church family, our church community, all of those that ever walk in this door. Now may the God of peace, who is the author and giver of peace, who brought again from among the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood that sealed and ratified the everlasting agreement, covenant, and testament, strengthen you, complete you, perfect you, and make make you what you ought to be, and equip you with everything good that you may carry out his will while he himself works in you and accomplishes what is well-pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Praise the Lord. Shall we conclude by singing a song unto the Lord? You can stand if you so desire. We're so thankful that you have come today. What a great blessing it is to have been in the house of the Lord. And we just praise God for his presence in this place today. Amen. 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 I believe God would have us rejoice. Yes. Let's go he over wants here. a happy family. Amen. Um.